As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. My name is Dr. James Bryant, your host for the show. And today I have the pleasure of bringing on a return guest, Alvina Nadine. Alvina was on the podcast before. It was episode 44. And she talked about how leaning into yourself leads to success. And we've been connected on LinkedIn. It is a pleasure to have you here on the show. And welcome. Let's get started into this episode. And you can tell our podcast listening audience a little bit more about what you've been going through. And this episode is explicitly to for ovarian cancer awareness. Thank you, James. I really appreciate coming back. It's always a pleasure talking to you. So yeah, so in March of this year, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. It was a high-grade serous ovarian cancer, which is Unfortunately, known to be very aggressive, but fortunately, it was diagnosed very early at stage one. So I consider myself kind of still lucky in in terms of it's hard to hear the word lucky and cancer together, but lucky in this situation in the sense that it was detected early. And I would say that in the last few months, it's been a lot of, I would say, introspective type of thinking going on. And I, I feel like I've learned a lot about who I am and I've questioned a lot of things in terms of what do we value as people and do we need to reevaluate certain things? And we're talking about success and all that it ties into what is success? Like I didn't plan on cancer on my vision board at 36. Yeah. It really gets you to question things and really reevaluate what's the purpose of my life and who decides that? As looking at your blog and looking at some of the things that you've been doing, it seems that you're taking the very similar approach that you have taken throughout your life and career. And that's really leaning into who you are and being able to just use that as a foundation to help you step forward and to move forward. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So for example, at first, when I first got diagnosed in March, for sure, there was that moment of why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? And so you go into that rabbit hole. But the thing about why questions that they don't really have answers, especially with something like this. There's no answer, really. So very quickly, I switched and switched modes. And I said, I don't want to ask myself why, because that just makes me sad. <laughs> so there is no why. How about asking, first of all, stating this is happening, accepting that this is happening to me right now, and then asking what can I take away from this experience? What do I want to what do I want to do about it right now that I'm in this situation? What can I do? And that allowed me to really look at it from this other side of it of say, hey, let's look at the positives. I was lucky because I already had my kids. I, I am lucky in that sense. Some women get it very early in age and they haven't had that milestone of having kids yet. There are a lot of things I was able to then be more grateful for and then see it also as, hey, I was detected at stage one. So that's really lucky too, because only 15% of women with ovarian cancer get detected early. And that kind of led me to thinking, what reason do I want to attribute to this luck of being detected early? Yeah. And 
I went into this mode of, I feel I need to raise my voice and raise awareness for ovarian cancer, but it's, it's not a cancer that's very well known. And so I started getting involved with Ovarian Cancer Canada and trying to be more of an advocate for patients and things like that. So I'm getting involved. I'm saying, hey, for me, this is happening because I can now give a voice to those, the 85%, who don't have time to dedicate to this because they are fighting for their lives right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is absolutely admirable. Along this journey, you're 36. You get the phone call. You've been Mm -hmm. diagnosed. It's not a phone call that anybody wants to receive and hear. Just walk me through the emotions and your reaction to that because, and I say this a lot on the podcast, is that engineers are people too. Mm -hmm. Even though this podcast is listened to by a bunch of engineers, people with an engineering background, they're people first. And so just go through, what were you going through when you got that phone call? Okay. So I have a background in project management, right? So I was already doing some homework before the doctor actually called me. So I was researching symptoms and things like that. And coming from a science background, like we're used to scientific jargon. Like it allowed me to be a little bit prepared because the word cancer started to come up in my research. But then again, we can all be hypochondriacs and think everything causes (laughs) (laughs) It was still something that was popping up when I was looking up symptoms and things like that. So the word was in my head, but it wasn't something I was thinking of actively, like this is this for sure. Yeah. But then when the doctor said, hey, we need to talk, it doesn't look very good. You need to come accompanied. That's when I was like, oh gosh, doctors don't say come accompanied for something that's not cancer. (laughs) Yeah. So then I think at that moment, I was on my own when I got that call. And I think it, that moment it became very real. This is happening. And I went through the emotions. I cried my eyes out and got it out of my system. But when I went to see the doctor, I was very much in project mode. I was very much, okay, so you think this is this? What's the next step? What's the timeline? Who are the key players? Who are the stakeholders that will help this like project be successful? And how does this work? Let's go. So I, was, I went very much into my toolbox of my own internal resources. And it was, I was really in project mode, basically. And how did that serve you? I think it helped me because I was able to have more of a partnership with my doctor because I had already allowed myself to cry it out and deal with that emotion so that I could come and really be present in that meeting with the doctor and look at it as I'm 36. So My goal is to live as long as possible. So what do we need to do to make that happen? So in that moment, I was able to just detach myself a little bit and really treat this as this is a project and this is what we're going to need to do. So what is it that we have to do? And then I'll deal with the emotions as they come. But in that moment, I wanted to make sure that I could take in the information my doctor had to share, like the technical information and the logistics of it all can handle this and make sure something good comes out of this experience or not. So you allowed yourself to experience the emotions and was able to say, okay, now let me step into a role I'm familiar with in terms of project management, but use these resources to help me get a better handle on what I'm going through. So it's like you were able to transform or translate what you were going through into the language of project management that you were dealing with on a day-to-day basis before this occurred. Yeah. So it's, again, it's like a reminder of there's so many ways that we can reuse the knowledge that we have that is from a different context, but Mm -hmm. we're able 
to dig in if we really want to and apply those same concepts elsewhere in our lives. What has been the most surprising thing so far about your journey? The most surprising thing, first of all, I would say it's realizing that the word cancer still carries a lot of fear and there's like a taboo around the word, but it's archaic in the sense that, you know, when you watch movies and cancer, it's really scary. It's always like worst case scenario that's shown. And the way the actors are painted, literally the makeup and everything makes them look like, okay, it's the end of life. And it's just, and so it keeps reinforcing this idea that cancer is automatically death. And what I've come to realize is that the image we have in our minds, it does not represent the reality of where the science is at today. It's exponentially increased in terms of technology that's been available. They're using AI now and trying to find new cures. So there's like a lot of amazing stuff going on behind the scenes when it comes to the research. And I feel like being involved with Ovarian Cancer Canada allowed me to be aware of that because otherwise I wouldn't be aware of what I'm sharing with you. Like for me, the image of cancer was still cancer. But by getting involved, I was able to say, oh my gosh, there's so much going on in the background and look at all this research. And it gives you this hope that, hey, maybe one day we won't have to deal with cancer and it'll be something that just like diabetes or something else that's manageable. So that was really something that was huge. Wow. And one of the things that's consistent throughout, a consistent thread throughout this conversation is your focus on gratitude and finding things to be grateful for. You're not saying that you don't experience those negative emotions. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing you say is that I'm not going to allow those negative emotions to determine my path forward. And you are blazing a trail forward through gratitude and focusing on those things that you can control and those things that you're grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. And you learn to also appreciate when I was talking about toolbox, like we have a toolbox of emotions and it's there for a reason. There's no need to suppress the bad ones. We have to go through the storm. Like I wrote something in my blog where I was like, we have this tendency sometimes to think of something challenging, let's say like cancer that happens and we think of it as an Olympic sport, we're talking about running often and we're talking about overcoming. So think of a hurdler that's trying to jump over obstacles. Yes. It's realization that, you know, life is not the Olympics. You don't get to jump over the hurdle hurdles. You have to go through them. Like you have to, then you have to, you'll hit that wall and then you'll figure out a way to scratch yourself a hole and go through it. So I think life is more representative of an, you know, an ocean with storms and storms come and go, but you have to go through the storm and there's Absolutely. no way you no. have to go through the storm in order to get to the other side. And one of the things that I like to talk to my clients about is that there's strength on the other side of the struggle. So you're struggling now, but you're really building strength and resiliency for the future. And one of the things, you know, for you is that I know you've said this about yourself, that you're just a resilient individual. And can you talk about resilience a little bit? Yeah, sure. I think sometimes we think of resilience as like, Strengths, but resilience is not necessarily strength. Resilience is knowing that I'll bounce back. So you might not be strong in the present moment. It might hurt you and you feel completely like something bulldozed you and you're on the ground flat and you maybe need to cry and maybe you need to feel something and feel those negative emotions that it's like resilience is just a reminder that I have more to offer and this moment is just that it's a moment and it will pass and another moment will come and each new moment is a new chance to 
take a new path or do something about it. So I think resilience is just a reminder that we have the ability as human beings to bounce back if you choose to see it that way, because you can choose to see it differently and then you might get different results. So there's a point where you have to make a choice and say, you know what, I don't want to let this moment define me. I rather define the moment itself. So for me, that's what I'm doing with this journey. I'm saying cancer doesn't define me. I'm defining the fact that I was diagnosed with cancer as a wake-up call for me. That's what it is. No, and I think that's a, a really key point. And it reminds me of a conversation that you and I had before previously about the power of reframing, where you're having an issue, something comes up, but it's really how you frame that issue determines how you're going to move forward in the future. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So it's, again, the conversation is always about bringing back that power to ourselves because an event is not sentient. Something happening, if you remove people from it, and that means that it was like, if you remove people from a storm, then no one will know that the storm occurred, right? The storm never happened because no one will be aware of it. So when you bring in people, you bring in a sentient person, a being, that's so really, it's people who define the event, right? So it's a way of reminding ourselves that we have the power to define what the aftermath of that personal storm will be. Yes, it, you won't be the same person anymore. But at the same time, you could also remind yourself, it means that maybe perhaps because of this storm, I have now gained a new perspective. Or because of this storm, I have now gained deeper insight on who I am as a person, my values. So there's a lot to gain from struggle. I really believe that because there's we talked about we've talked about gratitude, we talked about all this stuff. So it really gives us an opportunity to reassess and reframe and re-examine what are we going through and what does it mean for me? What do I want it to mean for me? Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. And part of the process that you've used to help you deal with cope, move forward in your journey is you've started a blog. You've been blogging a lot about your journey. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit more about that? We're going to include a link to your blog in the show notes, but could you just start talking about why you started the blog and what are some of the things that you're talking about there? Yeah. So it turns out like I always liked writing, but I never knew what to write about. With the cancer journey starting, I decided to start writing it in one way because it was very cathartic and a healing process for me to slow down my thoughts and force them onto the keyboard. Just that process of slowing down your thoughts is also very constructive because it creates structure around them, right? Like they're not just random thoughts whizzing in your head and then you're going to end up spiraling. So when you write down, it really makes it very intentional, like you're in control of your thoughts in that moment. So that I found was very helpful. And at the same time, I realized that what I was writing was inspiring others. I would get back feedback, wow, it's so nice that you're sharing your journey. It's so brave of you and all that. And at first I was like, funny, because I never associated the word brave with this because I was doing it for myself. And I was like, at the same time, I was updating others and my family and friends of how I'm doing. But the word brave was never associated to this act of sharing in my head. And I realized how much... How much talk we don't show the more difficult sides of our life. We don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. 
it was also like a lesson in practicing that vulnerability for me and saying, hey, if someone can gain something from my experience and it's, it means that suddenly that pain is turning into something beautiful, right? That's how I started writing. And I, I still do whenever I get a chance. If I have an aha moment, I will write a blog and share it with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. There was one particular blog post that I was reading of yours where you were talking about the people that are there, their friends, their family, they're trying to be empathetic and they want to be in the boat with you. Can you describe that concept a little bit more? Yeah, sure. There's definitely a journey as a cancer patient that goes through, of, because we don't know what we need, right? Like when you get diagnosed with cancer, you're like, oh my gosh. And you just feel you're in shock, right? First of all. So you, you don't know what you need from others. And oftentimes people would ask me like, what can I do for you? How can I help you? I was a bit like, I don't know what I need right now because I've never been through this before. So I don't know what to say. And as talking to other friends of mine who are cancer patients, it was very different. So for, for others, it was like, I want my friends to be there and family to be there all the time and support me. They're not. And so it was these interesting conversation around how does this work? What does this mean? What does this cancer during represent? And the best thing I could think of was the idea that we're on a boat and so each person is like on their own boat alone. And that boat can signify life, really, because it doesn't have to mean cancer. Cancer is a storm, right? So that will pass, but another storm, something else will come up in life, right? So life is always throwing stuff at us. So think of the boat as your life and you're in it, you're navigating it. And then storms come once in a while. And the idea is that it's not possible for anyone to be in that boat with you because it's just like how it's not possible for anyone to experience their lives through your eyes 24-7. That's So just as that, you can't have someone in your boat. What you can have is you can have people around you who are maybe cheering on or at the shore waiting for you and shouting your name and encouraging you to keep paddling, to not give up and succeed in this journey. But they can't be with you on the boat. You have to be aware of that, that you're in it alone. And if you need something, you have to be willing to shout it out and ask for what you need. It's not going to come on. So it's this realization that you're on this boat, you're alone, you're paddling. And really, you don't really want people to be in that boat, right? Because everyone's different. They'll bring different things. And if you don't want all of what they're offering, you're going to struggle with less. Oh, how do I do things? I want to go left. You want to go <laughs> Yeah. So that was what was behind the boat concept. Okay. No, I, I think that's a, a wonderful illustration because there may be people that are listening to this podcast that may have a family member that's going through the storm of cancer, or, or it may be one of their colleagues or something. And it's just really providing more tools in their toolbox to reach out and to support that individual, maybe asking what is it that you need, not waiting for the yeah. cancer oh, patient to say something. Yeah, what would you say? I would go even further because yeah, I would say sometimes what happens is that there's two things. So on the side of the patient, there's a little bit of that that feeling of I don't want to be a burden on others. So sometimes someone might not feel comfortable asking for help because they feel like they're being a burden, right? Or it could be the opposite where they're expecting help, but they feel like no one is approaching them. Okay, so that's on the patient side. But on Family and friends side, sometimes what happens is there's people who are like, I don't want to bug you. So I don't want to keep asking you how you're doing and keep reminding you what you're going through. I feel bad saying, how are you every day when I know I'm going through something that's scary, right? So there's like this discomfort on both sides. 
So I would say the best thing to do if you're a friend or family member is going beyond saying, how can I help you would be to say, to know, first of all, asking yourself, what could you offer as help? Are you someone that's really great at cooking food? Well, how about you say, hey, I want to cook something for you. What do you like? So it's a very specific thing that you're offering to them, right? Or someone might say, hey, I really want to see you. Are you feeling good enough to go out for a coffee? Let me know when you feel good and I'll take you out for a coffee. So whatever it is that you think you can offer that, because if you leave it too open, again, it puts the burden on the patient to to define what the help is, right? No, Yeah, what she said. Everybody... (laughs) If you find yourself in a situation where one of your colleagues, family member, or something is going through this, do what she said, because you're right. You want to, you don't want to put the burden back on to that person. As we, as I think about this, and I know there may be people that are listening, there may be somebody that's actually going through something similar to this. What are some words of encouragement would you have for that individual? This is part of another one of my realizations. So at first, I was very much in like warrior mode, be strong, warrior, beat this. And then at one point, I realized, no, it's not that one dimensional. It's just be what you need to be in that moment. Because sometimes you're not going to feel strong. Sometimes you're going to feel physically weak. And then it affects your emotions too. And then you feel emotionally weaker. Or I don't like the word weak, but you have negative emotions, let's say that are making you feel down and you need to maybe sleep more or maybe you need to just have a good cry or watch a movie or whatever it is. So it's about being okay with just being and living in that moment of whatever that whatever comes up and it's okay. You don't need to suppress that emotion. Just live it, experience it. And honestly, something like cancer, like you you don't want to put more of a burden on your body to Try to suppress that emotion. Be strong because you're adding stress to your body. But your body doesn't need that stress. So go with the flow of the waves, going back to the ocean analogy, and just feel those waves out. Allow yourself to just be, really. So I think that really frees you from that pressure to appear stronger for others. Sometimes we do that because we don't want others to see us in a state of distress. And so we're like, oh, I don't want you to see me like that. I want them to feel bad for me. But just let go of all this. You don't need that right now. Yeah. So ride the waves of the storm and be, just be. The storm will pass, just be. Exactly. Sometimes you don't need to be paddling hard. Sometimes you just need to make sure you're staying afloat. So hold on to that boat and just float and just be. I think that is wonderful. Vina, if people want to find out more about you or support ovarian cancer, what are some ways that you would suggest that, what are some things or ways that you would suggest that they would do? I'm in Canada. So in Canada, it's called Ovarian Cancer Canada, the organization that raises funds for new research and everything. I know there are some, like every country has their own kind of organization. So if you were to look up ovarian cancer and check out what comes up in your local area, I'm sure other foundations will come up. And in terms of just maybe quickly on like symptoms to keep in mind because it's something that's very elusive. The symptoms of ovarian cancer are not very clear, but it's a bunch of random symptoms that seem very random. But when you look at them together, it's often because something is going on. So for women, it's it's a question of knowing your body. Be aware of your menstrual cycle. It, it feels like it's really off track. Don't wait too long. Don't wait for six months, like a month or two after, but still not right go get checked out. And worst case, if it's nothing, but wait that hour with the doctor is worth your life. So think of it that way. 
Okay. And it, one of the sentences is bloating and an urgency to urinate and things like that. So again, they seem very disconnected, but it's all very much related to what is happening together to ovarian cancer and that there's pelvic pain. So anything basically that is out of the norm for more than two weeks, it's recommended to go get checked just in case. Maybe it's nothing, but maybe it is and you can get detected early because that's one of the problems with ovarian cancer is that people don't go get checked because they think it's just a menstrual cramp, for example. They think just having gas, and but really then it lingers for years and then is detected at like stage three and four. At that point, it's much harder to treat. Yeah. Okay. Alvina, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you for your return journey to the podcast. Thank you for spending this time with me. And I'm going to end this podcast like I end every podcast. And that's many people know what to do. Few people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually follow through and doing it. I want to thank you Alvina, for being part of that select few that is following through and doing it and achieving what you want to achieve right now. And that is going through this cancer journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life. And it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.